The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. With me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week, uh, the last week of our month of musicals, Corey is so relieved. Hallelujah. To be out of, um, yeah. Although next week's movie isn't going to be one we like either. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll get into that later in the episode. This week, uh, it's our last musical for the month of September. Um, and Corey picked Pennies from Heaven. Um, which we'll be getting into more details of in the near future. Um, it was from 1981, uh, directed by Herbert Ross and starring Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters. Um, but we'll get into those a little bit more later. Um, Corey, how you doing? You know, it's it's going. It's finally the weekend. Uh, it's fall. I've had my windows open for like four days and it's the best. So. Oh, man. Um so yeah i uh i've had a, a tough week uh, for the most part um i woke up last saturday i was i last time we recorded this i had said we were i was gonna go watch three movies and i was gonna see lizzie assassination nation and house of the clock in the walls um i ended up waking up that morning the next morning feeling super sick and my wife convinced me to uh to take the weekend off so to speak and not go drive the hour and watch the three movies in one day and try to juggle all of the rest of my responsibilities that I'd worn myself down to the point that this is the second cold I've had since school started. Um, so I took her advice. Uh, she doesn't usually baby me. So the fact that she was babying me was like, maybe I do need to take a break. Um, so I did, but I still managed to fit, um, both uh, house with the clock in the walls and assassination nation into my viewing throughout the week. I just didn't do them all on the same day. And, um, I am testing Cinemia out, and so far I'm happy with Cinemia as well. Um, oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you got that one. I did. I, I, I just have the $10 uh, three tickets a month um, so that I can hit up the, the local theater when I can. Um, and also because I got one for my daughter so because she misses going to the movies with me. And I can't – they don't have a – you can't do uh, the AMC A-list for a minor right now. It has to be what? 18 or older. Yeah, and that's one of the only things I don't like about it, because if I could take her with me every week, it would actually make the trip even more enjoyable. Um, yeah. And since I can't, um, or I have to spend, you know, a lot of money to take her to three movies um, every week especially, I haven't been able to really take her to stuff. So I went, I, I did the cinema for her and I so that we could do local stuff when there's something she really wants to see. And um, so far, I'm very happy with it. Um, but... Uh, Assassination Nation I do want to spend some time with um, and then I want to hear what you've uh, seen this week Corey before we get into our review um, and I I was my daughter and I were both I did take my daughter to see Assassination Nation which I was hesitant about because it, I've heard it was it's really kind of dour and uh, cynical point of view but I ended up loving the movie um, like uh, it, it is it's dark it's definitely got a dark sensibility but it's got a message and the movie goes in 100% on what it's trying to say. Um, but I also thought, just like cinematically, I thought there were some really cool sequences, uh, some really stunning visuals, uh, some excellent performances. I, my review is very extensive. It is up at Um 
Um, it's one of my longer reviews. It's not the longest review I've done, but it is one of my longer ones because I had a lot to say. I was really, I kind of went in just like I'm like I hope this movie is at least fun or has a message um, that I can get behind, and it kind of had all of that and then some. It was definitely more than I was expecting, and my daughter was also blown away. I don't know if it's in her top five for the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being in her top five for the year because she was definitely um, blown away by it. My my daughter is a social justice warrior. Um, which I'm very proud of. She's very much like everybody deserves to be treated equally um, of that mindset and fights for that. And I'm, I'm proud of that because I'm not always a fighter for that. I, I definitely feel that way, but I definitely I'm a passive person by nature. Um, I don't like to start conflicts. And uh, so seeing her kind of like getting where she's a quiet person for the most part. But if something if she sees an injustice, she is quick to to jump in and say her thoughts and so this movie uh spoke to that side of her for sure um in a lot of ways and also it spoke to the movie person in her so if you get a chance to see it i don't think everyone's gonna like it i, I definitely think it's gonna rub some people the wrong way and if you look at the critic scores for it that's what you're gonna see um there are critics like me who are kind of impressed uh big tuna is also on board with that um, and my friend, uh, our editor from Brook Reviews, David, saw the movie with my daughter and I. We were the only three people in the theater on Monday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Um, but we all really enjoyed it and were really kind of blown away by it. So, uh, you know, if you, if you like what I say about movies, then you probably will be on board. If you disagree with me frequently, you may not like this one. But, um, yeah, have you seen anything recently, Corey? I did watch a movie, and I'm forgetting what it was, so <laughs> go me. And oh. I've been making my way through Golden Girls again. Ah, um, I started watching Psych, I mentioned, I think, last week, because I think that was the first day I watched it. I'm like eight or nine episodes in. I, I am in love with this show. Um, its formula is predictable, uh, I would say for sure, but it is so much fun. Um, and James Roday. I mean, this guy, he's in Pushing Dead. That's the movie I've been repping for a while. And I can't stress enough that people need to give it a go. Um, but please, please do. Um, and since Corey can't remember the movie that she watched, I do want to spend two minutes on a Netflix suggestion and then a Netflix hopeful that Corey and I definitely need to talk about again. We just talked about it with Mike on our top five movies, but I feel like we got to praise it here too. So... Uh, the movie I want to suggest, and Corey, I suggested this to you a couple weeks ago, um, but they just added it to Netflix yesterday, and that is an independent film called The Endless. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I posted this on my Instagram story yesterday, too, because I am I am basically uh, decided to make this a uh, movie that I'm advocating. Um, I don't think everyone will like this movie. I think it is... Uh... It... Go ahead. It sounds... Because I've read, the, I've read the synopsis mm -hmm. on either on voodoo or uh netflix a couple of times and it seems like it might be a little hard to watch it's it's actually there's there's a sense of humor in this movie and i want that to be stressed um the subject matter does get serious at times but there is an air of comedy about it which i think you, you would think maybe totally won't work but it totally does uh the directors aaron moorhead and justin benson are also your two stars um it's very independent in that way and that's one of the things I love about it is that you can tell this is passionate filmmaking at its finest. Um, two brothers return to the cult they fled from years ago to discover that the group's beliefs may be more sane than they once thought. But there's it's trippy. It's uh, there, there's a sci-fi element for sure. Um, I absolutely adored this movie. Um, and I want to point out uh, Sean Baker, director of The Florida Project and uh, Tangerine. 
um, has a review up on Letterboxd of this. It's very brief because he likes to just do like two sentence reviews. But it, uh, he says it's interesting and ambitious follow up to Spring. I haven't seen their film Spring. Um, and he needs to check out Resolution. I guess it's another film the guys did. I, I think this movie is fantastic. Um, Big Tuna recommended it to me. I bought it outright because it was on sale. Um, and I think I had a coupon code that Big Tuna had given me for uh, Voodoo. I bought it. We didn't watch it for several months. And then um, slash film reviewer Chris Evangelista uh, included this movie in his top five for the year. Although technically this is a 2017 film, I think its official release is 2018. Um, but it had a, a, a film festival showing in 2017. Um, I, I've been advocating this film. It was on sale on iTunes for like 99 cents about three weeks ago. And then yesterday, out of nowhere, it dropped on Netflix. So if you have Netflix and you like films, especially innovative filmmaking, please give The Endless a chance. And if you like it, help spread the word about it because it's a movie not a lot of people will have heard of and it's definitely i would say it's much better than a lot of the last netflix originals that have come out however that said there's one that Corey and i are very very hopeful for Corey, what is it uh, i'm so bad at the title it is not a, a super memorable title i want to um, say into the dark but it's i feel not like that's into, wrong it's hold the dark hold the dark hold okay, the dark perfect. um which uh Corey and I have been anticipating because we are avid fangirls, um, sorry, uh, if that's sexist, um, of Making Blair and Jeremy Saulnier, uh, Saulnier directed, Blair, uh, uh, wrote, um, and, uh, it stars Jeffrey Wright, Alexander Skarsgård, um, James Badgedale, Riley Keough, who I'm a huge fan of also, um, and I feel like Making does have a role in this movie as well. Oh, of course he will. Um, I... I've been waiting for this film since I looked at this uh, the list for the year of movies that were coming out. Um, I didn't realize at the time when I first saw it that it was a Netflix film, um, mm-hmm. but I am I'm a big fan of both of those two guys. I we Corey and I both love Green Room, uh, Blue Ruin, and Murder Party. Um, all three of Saulnier's films that Macon <sighs> Blair has been a part of in each one, and we're both a fan of Macon Blair's film. Uh, I don't want to live alone. Wait, I don't want to. Li- I don't feel at home in this world anymore. That's the title I really can never get right. Me. Um, but oh, I've been filling lately. Yeah, and uh, and everything that Macon's been in outside of those films, uh, Macon shows up in the Florida Project um, briefly, but uh, one of the most memorable scenes in the movie, honestly. Uh, not, and I love that movie, but that scene is crazy and funny, and it really lets uh, uh, Haley is the character name. I think Bree is her real name, um, and uh, that it really gives her a chance to shine as she reacts to making Blair's uh, anger and um, and he was in uh, man I feel like he's in Logan Lucky or something no no he was in the nah I can't think of he was Small Crimes maybe was he in that oh, he's I don't in know. something else we watched this year um, in a small part that I also really like anyways um, I am looking forward to watching Hold the Dark it is out now on Netflix uh, we have not seen it so we can't recommend it in that way but we're definitely excited about it, so we're hopeful. It's a hopeful recommendation that it's as good as their other three films. And if for some reason you've missed Blue Ruin, um, Green Room, or Murder Party, which is very Blue likely Ruin you've missed Murder Party, uh, you should check this Netflix. out. Oh, Blue Ruin's back on Netflix. Awesome. I'm pretty sure that's where I watched it. I it was for a while, but it, I don't know recently if it is. But I watched um, it like a month ago. Somewhere. It wouldn't surprise me, though, with Saulnier's new film coming out Word. on Netflix um, that they would throw that up there. And plus... I don't feel at home in this world anymore is also um, it was purchased by Netflix and released after Sundance two years ago so 
it would make sense that they would rep those guys' films um, also. But that's it for what we've been watching. We're going to jump into our review of uh, Pennies from Heaven. This might be a shorter episode than normal. Um, and that's we just finished recording almost a two-hour top five movies um, because Corey is not av- available Sunday because she's going to be at this punk festival all day. Um, and I'm, I think I'm going to be at Bush Gardens, so it actually kind of worked out. Um, <gasps> Love so Bush Gardens. I hate it, but I my wife wants me what? to go, so I'm good. They have it. the best roller coasters. I don't do rides, Corey, so <sighs> it does not matter. But, I um, know! Yes, I will be hot and uncomfortable, but playing Pokemon Go, so it's okay. Um, yes, listeners, I still play Pokemon Go. Get off. So does my husband. Good, because Me Too's out right now, and I freaking need to get one. Um, um, so, Pennies from Heaven. Uh, 1981, Herbert Ross, as I mentioned, Steve Martin, Bernadette Peters. We have a few other actors worthy of note. Jessica Harper, uh, Christopher Walken, who's only in one scene, but my God, what a scene. Um... And I guess that's kind of it. Uh, John McMartin, I think, might be the, the principal of the school that Bernadette Peters works at. Um, and uh, it, I did not know what this movie was going to be um, going into it. And so just if you've never listened to Movie Club before, um, Corey and I have an extensive uh, movie viewing history, but an even bigger gap list where there's just movies that we have skipped. Uh, sometimes iconic films like West Side Story and Phantom of the Opera, and sometimes lesser known movies like this, uh, Pennies from Heaven, which I read uh, Ebert's review for this film, and he gave it an interesting review, actually. I would say it's not tearing it up, but it's definitely not praising the film. It's kind of almost like he ripped the movie in half, um, which the movie does. Uh, itself and he kind of criticized the two halves separately um in a way and uh that i i was completely unfamiliar with this film Corey, you picked this uh was this at random because of the steve martin bernard at peters had you heard something about it what what led us to this film well as has been well stated and well known i hate musicals this Mm -hmm. has not been my favorite month it's our least Um, favorite month of our show at least yeah um, I just want you to know how deep our friendship runs because <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> I don't even want to tell you how much I've been dreading every movie, but, and hating my life while I'm watching them. Uh, well, um, come on, West Side Story, we've ended, well, I don't know how you feel about this one, but we ended West Side Story, you weren't completely down on it, so. But I feel like I've hated before even talking about this movie, and I don't think that I have cons- given two consecutive movies such low reviews. I don't think so either, yeah. I do think it's, the the back-to-back Void Like the Plague ratings for Phantom and um, Star is Born. Uh, I... Yeah, I don't think that's happened and on any other consecutive shows. I think that I've only given that rating maybe once or twice before. I don't know. Um... But I really like Steve Martin. Um, I like his old stand-up. I like him in movies. I love his books. I haven't really listened to his music. Um, And then Bernadette Peters, I have only seen her in The Jerk that I can remember. But I just loved her. Um, and then when I saw that they, I thought this, I, I don't, oh, we talked about this the other night. I found it at Big Lots, and I was like, holy heck, Steve Martin, Bernadette Peters. 
instant yeah. buy. So and I've had this since I've at least lived in Florida, and I've been gone for like nine years. Yeah, and it should be noted, um, finding a movie at Big Lots might sound like it's not a good sign, but honestly, I've gotten a lot of good movies. So from Big many Lots. good movies there. Um, yeah. And on recently, Dollar Tree, I just got a bunch of great Blu-rays for a buck each. Um, that I don't know if like the company that had them sold like went out of business or what happened. A lot of them are Fox movies, so th- they are selling uh, to Disney. So maybe they're just clearing out their warehouses. I don't know what's happening, but you, uh, yeah, I've, I've bought one CD that I really wanted that was hard to find. It was Crosses, the band Chino Marino from the Deftones has. It's oh, like yeah, yeah, I found that their yeah their album so at Dollar it's Tree. Weird stuff that you find at these places sometimes, and you just gotta snatch them up when you do, and mm-hmm. um. I didn't know anything about this movie other than Steve Martin Bernadette Peters really were in it. Either. Now, because I knew it was a musical, and I knew that Steve Martin has a singing career, I assumed we were going to get singing Steve Martin. And that is not what we get in this movie at all. Or Bernadette Peters. She or has Bernadette a great Peters. voice. Um, so, yeah, and I saw her, as I mentioned, in the uh, Broadway performance, I think, Into the Woods, that I watched as a kid on PBS, um, that I think you looked up and found or something. Um like that you can get it on dvd still uh yeah, right. i, I kind of want to order because i used to have it recorded and i watched it all the time as a kid and i haven't seen it in a long time um and that was my only experience with bernadette peters which this movie actually i i am very a big fan of her right now i think she's really great um before i hear your thoughts on this film and i'm kind of unsure where you ended up falling um this movie does something very unique it pays homage to the musicals from the time period, the 30s and 40s, and it uses actual um, a lot of audio recordings from that time period, and our characters lip sync. Although, it makes sense uh, in a lot of ways because the musical numbers are essentially Steve Martin's fantasies of what he wishes the world was, um, and the real story, the the actual story, the non-musical part of this movie is very sad and dark and surprising given again your character your actors um steve martin's character is a complete jerk um and he gets maybe a a worse treatment than he totally deserves um because he's a he's found guilty of something much worse than anything he actually does without saying what that is but it is definitely kind of got the um nihilistic sad feel to the film or at least fatalistic that nothing that you do matters and ultimately everything sucks um it is set in the 1930s in chicago so it is during the depression and that's a constant you're very much aware of that um and ebert's review of the film um rips the movie apart essentially that like there are the movies at odds with itself and i that's i think by design and i could see it being a reason you don't like it i ended up kind of enjoying this movie um, I especially, though, and what Ebert did praise as well, uh, I love the musical numbers in this movie. Not necessarily the songs, but the, the choreography, the, the visuals. There's a sequence um, late in the film where they are watching a movie, then they are uh, mimicking the movie in front of the screen, and then they become the movie. And it's a black and white film, so the movie, our movie's in color, but the movie they're watching is black and white. And it, the way they transition into it, I just thought was great. I... I think the productions of all the musical numbers are epic of that time period. If you like watch Singing in the Rain or I've yet to watch Yankee Doodle Dandy, but that is now heavily on my radar um, because one, it's on the top 100 AFI list and I'm trying to work my way through it. Two, I'm listening to a podcast called The Secrets of Hollywood, uh, the Bullets and Blood series, which is a three-part series about Warner Brothers and James Cagney, where uh, the third episode gets heavily into how 
Yankee Doodle Dandy came to exist, and I am just... I, I'm a huge James Cagney fan, having never seen a James Cagney movie at this point, thanks to this podcast. And um, from what I've heard about the movie now, I'm very intrigued uh, at when it's released and things like that, it's connection to World War II. Um, I am just, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of musicals now from an era that I used to not be. Singing in the Rain, I know Corey used to not see it, and I just think that is... I think that would be the maybe the one musical that might win you over because it is just a masterpiece. But I've said a lot. I want to know uh, how did this movie with Steve Martin, Bernadette Peters that you picked under two hours, the only movie this month under two hours, um, how did it work for you? Um, I I don't I don't know. I don't think I need to watch it again. I would say it's very hard. I would not want to watch the entire thing again. Um, and I don't know. Like, he's such a despicable character. Yes. I don't think that what he gets at the end is what he deserves, but he's pretty freaking rotten. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely... Um, without we're, we will get into spoilers, listeners. If you're new, uh, we we do a non-spoiler section first, uh, and then Corey will make an announcement when we move into spoilers. But um, I do think the end is uh, it makes sense as far as like the plot goes. Like it's structured well. I understand why it happens. Um, I don't know that it's what he deserves for the despicable elements of his character. And it's crazy to watch him become the despicable character. Because in the beginning of the movie, I was very empathetic towards him. Like, his wife seemed very cold towards him. And then um, as the movie progressed, I was like, oh, well, maybe no. I was misreading that opening sequence. I I was just... I didn't feel like she was cold to him at all. Just... I felt like he... I don't know. It, just his needs, and there's nothing else. That's a valid point. Um, uh, that is true. Uh, and that's all that his marriage seemed to mean to him. I think it's all that is, everyone means to him, right? It's what he... Yeah. It's, he's very selfish. It's what they can do for him. That's all that matters. Um, Sex and her money. Yeah, that's... and um, and that's... You know, Steve, uh, Steve Martin does play, well, a jerk uh, a lot in his movies. I haven't seen a lot of his films, but... um oh, girl. I was very shocked at how much of a jerk he was like is this there's no the humor comes in in small doses in this film and it comes in the musical numbers but um yeah he is he is not um a likable character and that was some of the uh complaints ebert had i i don't always read reviews but i i I do like to read an ebert review when i can find one um and uh i was really I mean, I read I read modern reviews. I don't usually read reviews for films we're going to talk about. Um, I try to do like historical research and things like that. And that's I, I started looking to see if there was like a reason that they did the lip syncing because again, I believe Steve Martin can sing. And so um, when we went into a musical with these actors, I was expecting them to be doing their own musicals. And I I think Christopher Walken might sing his part because um, it sounds like Walken in, at times, um, or at least if he doesn't sing the whole thing, he does interject walk-in type dialogue into his sequence which i have to say too i love the christopher walken sequence so so much um uh, he's a good villain he's he's always a great villain but um the first time i ever saw him dance was in the fat boy slim video 
Oh, that video is so amazing. Yeah, which at the time, the only thing I really knew walking from was Sleepy Hollow, right? Like, and I think maybe Joe Dirt, where he's a very different character in both. But like, I didn't, I hadn't seen a lot of the movies he had been in. I still haven't seen some of his biggest ones, um, but I, like, I've seen a lot of them since then. And but I had no idea he had like a musical background because I'd only seen him as this creepy, you know, Hessian, and um, Joe uh. Dirt's a custodian gangster uh, in hiding. And so seeing him dance, I was like, wow, that I would never have guessed that. Um, which is, it's kind of interesting because James Cagney is the same way. I knew who James Cagney was, but I only knew him as the gangster actor, like that he did a lot of the mob movies in the early, you know, the early days of film. I didn't realize he was actually a dancer first and fell into acting, um, but was, you know, always looking to do more musicals. And he just kept getting typecast as the, the gangster. Um, and Yankee Doodle Dandy, which is the the movie that gets him his Oscar, at least the first Oscar. I don't know if he's. I haven't finished the podcast. So I don't know what else he does after this. Um, is a full blown musical, but um, and he gets to really showcase himself. And he did other musicals before that one, but um, Walking, I I didn't realize had a similar kind of trope. He gets he gets typecast as a villain a lot, but he does have a musical background. Um, I also knew Walking from uh, the more cowbell sketch on Saturday Night Live. I should mention, but. Um, yeah, I, I think by the time I was aware of Christopher Walken, he had become a parody of himself already. You know, um, where, like, that's where he's still at now. I think people think of Walken, they think of those weird one-liners uh, and the, the way he says things. That's, um, like, in uh, True Romance, the whole I'm a pineapple bit that he does, and um, this watch was up my ass, you know, from Pulp Fiction. Oh, yes. um, and, uh, like, you know, um, it's... It's such a great musical number for him. And then I, 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 there's several scenes that I want to talk about in detail. Um, but if you don't have anything to add, you sound kind of mixed on it. Um, did you like the musical numbers? Because I noticed with West Side Story, you were really a fan of the dance sequences. And I thought the dancing I, here was really strong, too. I really liked the tap dancing. Yes. There was, and apparently Steve Martin trained for six months. Okay, I was wondering. I didn't do any research on the actual production. That's awesome. Um, and then I'll talk about my favorite scene after spoilers. All right. So, um, Corey? Guys, from here forward, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. If you want to go check out the movie first, by all means, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but spoilers, you've been warned. I almost broke our normal protocol because the way you introduced the, I'll talk more about this in spoilers, I felt compelled to do the spoiler warning so, you can't like, do that that's my I, job i didn't i didn't take it i but don't do it well <laughs> i almost jumped into it um i was almost like and with that folks and i was like wait a minute what am i doing i have to introduce her to do the spoilers um i would have hung up all right so uh, before i hear your favorite musical number i'm going to talk about the two moments that uh bothered me the most um the nipple lipstick is that a thing? I, was I kinda... don't know. I didn't even know what I was looking at when she revealed it. And then well... I, I don't think they said it until after they revealed it. And I I don't know. I was bothered on so many levels. Um, if you're not sure what we're talking about, uh, Steve Martin's character apparently has a fetish that he likes his wife's nipples to be covered in lipstick. I don't know why. Because, again, like, you can't... I, I'm not trying to be graphic here, but you could kiss them and it would be okay but people don't like lick lipstick <laughs> and i don't know like what the uh, what the the goal would be uh, like other than it almost looked 
funny? I don't know. Like, you know, like, I'm like, what? And she's very uncomfortable with it. She's crying. That scene is so disturbing. Yes. Um, cause um, she's doing it to try to, to keep him. And, uh, oh man, that whole like, thing. Why are you bothering? He's a jerk and you're the one with all the money and the yeah. house. Yes. Bye. It's There's the depression. No go, go get you a good man. Um, uh, yeah, that was, I knew what was happening. And then she took her top off and I was not expecting that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, I knew that she had done something, but I didn't. And when when it's revealed, which one, I didn't think they were going to show anything. And I was exactly. a little surprised. Um, yeah. But then two, I was like, I guess technically you're not showing because it's covered. Like, you know, almost like pasties or whatever. Uh, I think it showed more than that, but. But it's it's also it is quick because he then you know gets between us and the ca- and her um the camera and her i should say and it ends quickly too for other reasons um thank goodness because it was super uncomfortable but the other scene um we're introduced to a, a homeless man early in the film um that uh i think he he gives a ride to or he's sitting next to you on the bus or something um the guy with the accordion and later that homeless guy uh, runs into a blind girl that Steve Martin had interacted with and apparently rapes and kills her. They made um, that very clear. Yes. Uh, I didn't... I Okay, so I didn't understand why... In the beginning of the movie, I felt like he was a good guy. Me too. Me too. Um, um, I, was, I was trying to think... It has to be... There has to be some connection cosmically in the movie. Or at least they're, that's what they're trying to allude to because Steve Martin interacts with him and he helps him he leaves him and then steve martin meets the blind girl and hits on her in a creepy way um which sets up the fact that this blind girl walks this path all the time and then later out of nowhere this homeless guy shows up there she trips over him and then he rapes her he realizes that she's blind blind, yeah so then i don't understand why he killed her also yeah it's it the whole thing is extreme um, because Steve Martin had been there and he left his pack of cigarettes there, uh, there's evidence tying him to the murder, even though he was innocent of it. And of course, his interaction with the blind girl also, other than his shoe print being there, um, it was unnecessary to tie him to the murder. Like he could have just thrown the cigarette pack out of the car window and that been sufficient enough evidence to put him at the scene. Um, and it could have been even that the homeless man would have had something of his, like maybe he gave the homeless man his jacket and so he had the jacket that's not there that's not part of the plot i'm saying it would have tied him to the scene much more him telling the blind girl that he's the she's the prettiest girl he's ever seen was creepy and of course she doesn't like say it was him because he said that or something like if she lived through the rape and then you know is able to pick him out of an audible lineup where she hears him say that word to her and associates the rape with that sentiment you know that this guy met me there the next day i trip over some random guy and i get raped seems too coincidental you know what i'm saying like that would have at least made more sense to me um because like you said the homeless guy seems grateful and seems to appreciate things and even um i think he gets kind of upset with martin over like when he calls bernadette peters like a gorgeous woman or martin gets upset at him because she says she was gorgeous but there's nothing to indicate that he was a vicious killer no, that just seemed so out of place. Yeah, and, like, he, was, he wasn't he was even, like, greedy from, like, the only thing, I guess, maybe you could read that he is, um, 
when he's given the extra plate of food at, at the dinner that Steve Martin's given, like he gives him his plate too, and he keeps eating like that. He's voracious and takes what he gets, kind of thing. But that's still Ooh, like that's a good. Though that, that's the only thing I can think of is that like we've seen that he he'll keep taking whenever it's given to him, or whenever the opportunity strikes him, he'll take what he can get, kind of thing. And I but I still don't feel like. The way the song he sings after he is given that, granted, that's in Steve Martin's head and not actually what happens. Um, it does seem to paint him as a better person than what we witness. Um, but yeah, those are my two biggest like upset moments from the film. Obviously, seeing Bernadette Peters' character go from this very pure, innocent school teacher, super naive virgin, to being manipulated, ruined. Uh, I think aborting the baby. Um, yeah, becoming a prostitute. Uh, just like it's like wow, what a what a character hitting rock bottom type moment. Um, she got fired from her job for being pregnant with an Ill- illegitimate child. Yeah, which it, I am not doubting that that probably hap- would have happened. Most likely, and the principal like feeling bad about it though. I did like I like that was like the most redeemable part because she he hits a kid when we first meet the principal and makes you dislike him, but then he like he gives her money and he doesn't hit on her because at first I thought he was trying to hit on her or something, like you know you'll owe me. And that's not what he's doing. He's just genuinely being like a good guy. He feels bad that he has to fire her, but he just knows that there's going to be backlash. Um, unless I, he g- gave her the money to get an abortion, which I don't think was the No, because he had already told her that she has to leave by then. Yeah, so... Um, um, I Can I tell you what I said out loud? Yeah. Um, I was like, girl, you're going to get pregnant. Yeah. And I'm like... I don't know. And then he just abandons her and goes back home, gets the money from his wife, starts a record store. It's the Depression. Come on. Yeah. A and record then... store in the Depression. Because like, that's what people are spending their money on. Yeah. Like, I mean. And I mean, I love music and I do spend money on stupid crap when I shouldn't. But I same. still think in the Depression, I probably wouldn't have been putting vinyl in my priorities list. Um no. But yeah. Uh well, everything about the story was not what I was expecting. Like, I was expecting Same. him to, like, leave his wife because he finds her cold and, you know, go after this other woman. And that's not... He wants everything. And, yeah. Uh, I, like, re I read, like, a synopsis today. And they're, like, falls hope, hopelessly in love with her the first time he sets eyes on her. Uh, that wasn't love. I don't feel like he has ever loved her. No. Um no, not at even all. Eileen, even Eileen, I don't feel like he loves her. He's yeah. getting what he wants. Um, I don't know. I just... Yeah, there's nothing about his character that's redeemable at all. Um, except for his fanciful love of music, which is what makes this movie uh, watchable to me. If you take the musical numbers out of this and just tell the story... I would never want to watch this again. It is heartbreaking. It is, uh, you don't feel for the characters. I do feel for Bernadette Peters' character because she gets suckered in. Although she does kind of, um, embrace the new personality. Um, I don't feel like that was who she was. I think she just kind of got sucked into that life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, uh, I, I relate to, um, her a little, but, um, I. I definitely wouldn't watch this again if I, if the musical numbers weren't there. But the musical numbers make this movie memorable. Um, and every one of them, honestly, I think. But the bank loan, 
um, the opening musical number when he goes to get the bank and like the guy tells him no and then the musical number like the choreography in that sequence there's a scene where they do like a mirror image of the dancers like with the uh, in between the dimes like these mm-hmm. giant dimes like I love that sequence a lot uh, the penny from heaven diner scene which is the titular song um, where the homeless man that we mentioned sings it and a lot of the musical numbers are iconic images from Chicago in that time period like their artwork oh um, and throughout the movie there's a scene where he and uh, the girl Eileen are in the diner um, that is a classic picture that's been replicated in film and film and film oh, yeah. um, like there's several scenes like that and I, I got that I didn't I recognize things but I didn't place where they were from until I read Ebert's review and he pointed that out I was like oh okay that's why I recognize so much of the imagery I'm pretty sure the diner when it pulls back and you see the raining diner from like but there's no wall of the diner I think that's from a picture too um and I love that musical number I the whole thing with the rain and how he's looking from the diner seat and I just thought that was really great um Bernadette Peter as the teacher and her students like playing the instruments and that whole sequence that was my favorite that was my favorite it's so good she's wearing a sequin dress everyone else is wearing white they have little tiny baby pianos on their desks or instead of their desks and they're all playing it was fun and then the Christopher Walken striptease because he ends up getting down to his boxers that was really weird but it was super funny and he is a pimp um yeah uh, and, and probably many other things. He's definitely... Um, Chicago's crime scene, the mob scene, was very strong in the 30s. Um, so definitely he's supposed to be one of those bosses. And he is running like... It's not a speakeasy because um, Prohibition's over. But it's definitely like a mob-run bar. And he hits on Eileen, but then kind of advises her not to. But then apparently takes her into a stable. Even though we don't see him again in the movie. Like, it is this, just this one sequence. But I thought the dance was really fun and... Um, I can't remember what the song is, but I really liked the song. It was something about, like, everybody's bad or something like that. And then I mentioned already the, the, the dance sequence where they're at the movie theater. I love that sequence. As a film person, just the way it transforms and, you know, it starts with them mimicking the film and then becoming the film. Uh, and all of the dance sequences I just thought were amazing. There were a few other little musical moments that were much shorter. Um, his wife uh, fantasizing about stabbing him if he's lying. <laughs> I thought was really funny. Um, I was hoping she was going to do it. Yeah, I thought something more would come from that. And then even the uh, the reprise of Pennies from Heaven when he's singing it very sadly and somberly as he's waiting to be hung um, is uh, powerful, I thought. Even though, again, I don't care about the character, so it's not as powerful. Um, it's still like a moving version of the song because you're aware of like this man's mortality and he's about to die. But... Um, I, I like those numbers, and I, I do think the production value of those sequences are all outstanding and hold up to the uh, the musicals that they're paying homage to um, and make this movie worth a watch, especially if you're a fan of musicals. I think just watching those musical numbers is a viable option. Um, you can cut out the sad story and kind of watch the happy story that's like the alternative story through his dreams and his hopes and his wishes. Um, although, again... If they were dreams and hopes of wishes of somebody you empathize with, they'd be much more powerful in the greater narrative. But because you hate him, you're kind of like, you don't deserve any of this. You don't deserve any of this, you piece of crap. So I'm okay with you just fantasizing and not getting it. Um, But again, if you just watch those without the the somber sadness, I think it's a, a highlight of musical possibilities. Because, man, the production values, the the choreography, and... 
while they're lip syncing, the, the audio recordings are lip syncing too. And let's be fair, most musicals are technically the actors are lip syncing the songs. They're not usually singing the songs while they're acting. While they're running um, around. With exceptions of like Les Mis, and I think there's one other one that's iconic for that. Maybe Phantom of the Opera? I don't remember for sure, but there's there's like two musicals that have done it well, and I, I don't think Les Mis did it well personally, but it's a very popular movie. Um, but so they're technically always lip syncing, anyways. But they're lip syncing to other people's voices in this movie. But I, I just think the songs, the recordings that they chose are really strong. Um, though I will say my favorite version of Pennies from Heaven, the song, is from Home Alone. Second time I've referenced oh. that movie tonight. Um, and they say sunshine and ravioli in the Home Alone version. Mm. It's sunshine and flowers in the uh, the real version. Apparently, I did not know that, and I was very heartbroken that they don't say the word ravioli in the song. So, what a ripoff! What a ripoff! But <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to spend time on? Uh, I actually wish that they would have sung in the movie. I really yeah. like Bernadette Peters' voice, and I think she could have definitely sung that style. Yeah, music. I'll tell you, this movie's made me want to seek out some more of her movies because she's enslaved from New York. Is that right? Yeah, I haven't watched that. I haven't either. I, bought, I bought it a while back at a flea market. We need to probably fit that into a movie club episode in the future. Yeah, since we both have access. Um, but uh, I think that leads us to our rating. Do you want to go first, or you want me to go I'll first? I'll go first. I'm All ready. Right. Go for it. I'm gonna go with a decent watch. I am with you on this one. Um, I but if I were rating this movie as two separate movies. I would say uh, the musical numbers is a must-see. I think these are super high-quality, excellent performances. Again, I would have liked to hear the actual actors get to sing, but the versions of the songs they're using has a purpose, and I think it ties into that. Um, on the other hand, the other story, um, while it is, I'd say it's it's fairly well told, it's not one I would recommend, so I would say um, not a total waste of time for that. As a co- collective, though, I'm going to go Decent Watch, um, despite the uh, middle, the the sombering sadness of the true story, the fantasy story makes this movie um, pretty gorgeous and and awesome to watch at times. And I would say that echoes uh, Ebert's review in a lot of ways. That um, and again, those were my opinions uh, while watching it, but not as articulated as well as Ebert. I wish I could articulate as well as that man does, but or sorry, did. Um, but yeah, I I did. I did find myself kind of captivated by this movie and the idea. I've not seen a musical where the the actors are clearly not the one singing because Steve Martin has a woman's voice in at least two performances. I think. Too, yeah. We didn't mention, uh, but that was those were shockingly comical uh, when those happened. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if that was supposed to be like hinting at like his um, feeling like he was the woman in the relationship or something, but. Um, it may have been, maybe I'm assigning way too much thought to a film that maybe didn't have that much thought to it, but, um, that said, that concludes the month of musicals, so Corey, I now free you from your shackles of musical Hallelujah. movies. Hallelujah. But I condemn you with one more. Not a <gasps> musical, but another one that we have been forced to watch. Uh, listeners, we're moving into October, and if you've paid attention, we tend to go with horror stuff during the month of October, and for the most part, our movies in October will be themed with horror of some kind. However, going to top the list. <laughs> this one is an obligation. Um, we will be watching Boo to Medea's Halloween because earlier this year, Corey, Mike, myself, Big Tuna, and our friend Brendan um, participated in a top five movies Oscar draft. 
in which Big Tuna won. He uh, assigned us a task of watching um, a movie, and that was whoever the winner was was going to get to pick a movie. The other was to have to watch, and Big Tuna picked Boo Two, Medea's Halloween for Corey, Mike, and I, and Brendan. However. Uh, in a comical situation that sounds like it's from a movie itself, Brendan had taken an oath to never watch a Tyler Perry movie or a Medea movie. I can't remember which one. I think it was a Medea movie. Um, and so Sean uh, let Brendan keep his oath and had him watch um, Sherlock Gnomes instead. So Brendan has filled his obligation. Bad. Oh, he hated it. Um, <laughs> Brendan has filled his obligation. Uh, Corey, Mike, and I have not. So next week, in our first episode of the Horror Month, we will be horrified by the badness that is Boo 2, Medea's Halloween. Um, I am not a fan of the Medea movies. Uh, I've tried a couple. My wife does like the Medea films. I, I find his com- comedic style to feel very improv and I that always drives me nuts when it sounds improv, where it's just like a person going, well, I tell you what, I got this thing. And I'm just like, that's not funny to me. I can hear you thinking while you say those things. And it's not going to be funny. Um, not to say that there's no laughs, but I, I've, I've not attached to these films. Um, so I, I, we've not seen the first one. I don't feel like we need to. Uh-uh. Uh, I'm I definitely refuse. not committing to it. Um, so uh, we will be watching Boo 2. Mike will be a special guest, hopefully, on next week's episode as well. Uh, so we can all talk about how mad we are at Big Tuna for making us watch it. Um, but it's a funny way of entering our horror month, as it's not technically... A true horror film although it does play on the horror tropes and make jokes about them hence the uh, halloween theming of this particular film um i don't even know if i remember what this one was about i remember vaguely the trailers for i think the first one i think they had like parody versions of characters from other horror movies in the trailer i don't know if that's actually a part of the plot i don't know what we're getting into Corey. it's i'm 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 not looking forward to watching this this week Mm-mm. i commend you for using it as your you know my pick yeah uh, well we have to watch it so i figured we might as well not double up on a film uh, we'll just knock this one out um, word the rest of the month though we will be watching more true horror films um I, I actually looking at the list i don't know any of yours at all so i don't know what i'm getting yes. into with those either challenge accepted or um, or whatever <laughs> yeah whatever um but it's been a long day <laughs> uh this is a month that i often i like horror movies but i do find that i don't always uh fall into the consensus of horror film lovers like i don't like a lot of the big ones if you listen to our episodes last year you heard Corey and i both not enjoy suspiria or phantasm uh two very beloved horror films that just don't I'm speak surprised. to Corey and i yeah we did not get rocks thrown at us i am yeah we may who knows um <laughs> this could be the payback they've been waiting a year uh plotting our demise oh, uh, oh my god it's like my bloody valentine we yeah. just start getting like boxes of chocolates but it's really just hearts yeah so and i am looking forward to the new version of suspiria i don't know why considering i didn't like the first Ooh, one i don't I know why i would t- like the remake but well, I mean, I don't feel like it could go any worse than it already did. Man, and yep. Tom York, I'm pretty sure, did the soundtrack, so there's ah, that. Okay. Well, um, we'll be back, folks, with another episode next week where we review Boo 2, Medea's Halloween. Um, if you want to give us your thoughts on uh, Pennies from Heaven or Boo 2, Medea's Halloween, or give us crazy feedback about Suspiria, um, you can reach out to us on social media at I'm at Burke Reviews, Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end, and Corey is spelled the proper way. Yes, C O R E Y. Um, you can also uh, read my reviews at BurkeReviews.com or email us contact at BurkeReviews.com. 
com. If you like the podcast, please rate and review us. Um, check out those uh, movies we mentioned at the top of the show on Netflix, Hold the Dark, and which we've not seen but we're excited about, and The Endless, which I have seen and love very much. Um, until next time, folks, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com <laughs>